Lord, to guide and direct us in this service tonight, and that hearts and lives be touched, not only here, but those that will watch by way of the internet, uh, or when they get online with our website or whatever, that God will touch hearts and touch lives and minister. Father God, as we come to you tonight, Lord, we're thankful for the cooler weather. Uh, Lord, we're thankful it's not quite as hot as it has been. We are so grateful uh, for that, Lord. But we're also grateful that your presence is, goes with us, that you abide with us day and night. Lord, that there's nothing in our life that goes on that you don't already know about. Lord, and I thank you for your presence in our life. For, Lord, in your presence is everything for life and godliness in our lives. And, Lord, we just come to you tonight asking you to just pour out your spirit upon us. Father God, may we experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit as we worship you in, in prayer, as we worship you in singing, as we worship you, Lord, in your word. Father God, may hearts and lives be touched, and may people come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their lives. For, Father God, that truly is the most important thing that we can do. The greatest decision we've ever made or anybody will ever make is making Jesus Savior and Lord of their life. Help us to proclaim it every day with the lives that we live, Father. And Lord, in all that we do and all that you do, may you receive the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
of living colors, flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder, blessing and honor, strength and You're the name above 
in awe of you. We are humbled in your presence for you are truly great. Father, we sense your holy presence in this place tonight. Lord, that you are touching every heart and every life. You know our lives. You know our circumstances. You know our situations, where we are spiritually, where we are physically, where we are emotionally. God, you know all about us, and you love us with a love that I don't feel like, Father, we totally understand. But, Lord, we know that you love us. For your word declares it, and your actions toward your people declare how great you are. Father, Lord, help us as your people to proclaim that greatness, that the God that we serve is a God that is great and mighty and powerful and able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we are able to ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. Thank you, Father God, that on your throne you rule and you reign and nothing occurs without your approval. Nothing happens without you allowing it to, Father God, and you control all things for your great. Lord, help us to always be the people that will speak forth the praises of the great God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Father, we praise you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Sister Julie and Brother Dennis. Isn't he good? You may be seated. God is a good God. I, I, I think about, uh, and you pardon me if I get a little nostalgic to this evening, but I think about my mother. And she gets to see all of that stuff, and I'm a little jealous. I'll be honest with you. She's up there with all those that have gone before that I know, that I knew served the Lord. But she's up there with Paul and Peter and Abraham and David. You go through the list, and she gets to see them all. And, and, and I, I, Brother Don, I'm just a little jealous. <laughs> I really am. I, I, I don't know that I'm so much concerned about seeing what heaven looks like as seeing all those that are up there and getting to talk with them sometime in eternity. But God is good. He is a great God. Sister Julie, I, I, again, let me say thank you. Uh, she has to hear from the Lord. I, as you, every, every time, we, I know Brother Gary said that a lot. I say it a lot, but I, I appreciate somebody that will listen to what God says do, to sing what God says sing, because that's our, and it ties so well with what I have in mind, and she had no clue <laughs> what I'm fixing to talk to y'all about in a little bit. But uh, God is good. He is a good God. I want to remind you real quickly before we get too far along here of our announcements this week. Uh, this coming Saturday, guys, is men's breakfast, uh, food and fellowship. I guess it's in the fellowship hall, as far as we know. <laughs> if there's not, they'll hopefully they'll let you know. But this Saturday at 8.30 in the morning, uh, and trust me, uh, there's some good food to be had. Uh, every time I've been able to get here, it's, it's always been wonderful. And thanks to those guys that prepare it and get it ready for us. And they'll be... A good word. Somebody will bring us a good devotion, and it'll bless your heart. So, guys, 
uh, feel f- free. Be know that you are invited, cordially invited. It's worth getting up a little early on Saturday morning. Okay, <laughs> and so I just I'm going to put that plug in for the guys. It is worth getting up a little early to make men's breakfast. Amen. Prime timers, this August the 27th, we'll be going to McGee's Catfish down in Marietta. The van will leave here at 12:30, or you can meet us down there at one o'clock. Uh, and I think my wife will have a sign-up sheet here shortly so we know how many we've got coming so we can kind of give them a heads up. Hey, you got a gang of them coming, so <laughs> here we go. So, and kind of give them an idea of what's happening. So remember those, if you will, let's remember our church in prayer uh, as we are going through this time of transition. But you know what? God knows all about it, and God's in charge of it. God is absolutely in charge of it. And that's what we want. God, you do and you put in place who you want here behind this pulpit to lead us and guide and direct us and help us to reach the others uh, for the kingdom of God to see it grow and people be saved, people's lives be touched and healed and people come to know the Lord, know the power and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in their hearts and lives uh, because the days are upon us when we need it more than ever before. Uh, somebody said, talking about uh, something I've seen on Facebook before that been posted by uh, Pentecostal people said, you know, uh, you need the Holy Ghost on you know, the days and hour we live then. need the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. <laughs> you know, I don't go very often for myself. My, 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 no, I don't make my wife do that, but she kind of just, she kind of does that for me. Uh, but there's some, there's some odd people sometimes. But so we need God but God's in charge, and I think if we will keep that in mind and keep seeking his face, uh, I truly believe that if we'll seek what he wants, God will put the, everything in place just like it ought to be, and everything will be fine. So remember that we have our prayer request. I've got our list thing. Uh, just continue to pray for our country. Uh, it's like you, every time I don't listen to the news too much because I get mad. I'll just be quite honest with you. When if I listen to the nonsense, I get I get really frustrated, and it's like it's not worth it to me to get that frustrated. <laughs> and uh, uh, I will just do my best to pray. And when it comes time to vote, and vote good people in there that will uh, hopefully get us steered back in the correct direction. And that's toward God. That's that's the biggest thing that we need. This this country, this world needs God. I heard a Baptist preacher say one time. What the world needs, what mankind needs but does not want is Jesus. You know, but that's the only thing that's going to work. He's the only thing that will help us out. So let's remember our country and those in our military. Uh, we've got several on our list here. For Brother Ronnie Burns, continue to remember him. Uh, for Alan Vandeventer, there's a whole line of them. If you don't uh, know who all to pray for, they keep a list back there at the back that you can get, and it's got all these names on it. There's a lot that need to be remembered in prayer. Let's remember Marla's family uh, of the passing of her sister. Uh, as far as I know, they're not having a service uh, uh, that is, but still, there's that transition. There's that time, and, and they need they need healing. A lot of them need not need rest. Uh, you know, you go through those things. Uh, there's several of them, several of our church family that have lost loved ones uh, that have passed uh, recently, and so just pray God will give us the strength and, and get us 
get back to keep them and get us to where we're not so tired all the time. And I speak for myself, so let's do remember that. You might have a need tonight you'd like to mention we can pray with you about. Or something I don't know about. Sister Linda. Well, go ahead. Yes, it is. We, we, and Sister Linda, you don't know how, I, you, you've almost preached my message for me, sister. So. <laughs> but we must be faithful because you, you keep doing what you know to do. And, and thank the Lord he'd made Jesus Savior and Lord of his life. Uh, let's just thank the Lord for that. And, and thank the Lord for people that are willing to be ready and available when that time occurs, that that person has somebody that will help them find the Lord. All right. Anyone else this evening? Everything going fine? Everything going well? <laughs> okay. Let's remember. Yes, let's remember Sandy Steele's husband. Yes. Amen. Let's remember Sandy Steele's husband, Paul, for not only salvation and healing, but most importantly, salvation. Because if you leave this life not knowing Jesus, it's not good. Yeah. Okay. All right. We can do it. Remember Sister Kathy this evening. And those, if you, I tell you what, when we go to prayer, some of you, if the Lord will lead you so, uh, go over and let's just pray for her. Ask God. God can touch in an instant. I, I will tell you this real quick, and hopefully this will help build your faith. Uh, and I didn't say a lot about it because I felt embarrassed, but uh, over the 4th of July weekend, uh, I was up at my daughter's, and uh, my uh, youngest son-in-law uh, we was in the pool with the girls and just playing around. He came up behind me and grabbed me and flipped me over and dunked me in the pool. When he did, something went wrong back here. And I come up out of that water and it was like, oh, this is not a good thing. <laughs> For about, what, a week, I guess, uh, or two, it was I, to grab a breath nearly killed me. You know, and I hated, I, I would fight sneezing or coughing because it would, it would nearly just take my breath away. But uh, my wife kept after me. She says, you need to tell the guys with the Sunday. We came on a Sunday. She said, you have the guys probably No, I'm not telling them what happened because <laughs> I felt embarrassed, okay? I just, I had pride in my heart, okay? Let's just be honest. That's what it was. I'll be honest. But anyway, Sunday night we came and, and uh, Faith, she, she turned on the waterworks. Please let me go get Brother Gary in here. <laughs> and she did. 
but Brother Gary and Sister Vonda came and they prayed. And do you know, I went to bed that night, that Sunday night, my side still hurt, but I got up Monday morning, I could breathe again without any pain, without anything whatsoever. I could, and I don't know, it was, don't, don't, I, you, you can't tell me something wasn't seriously wrong, but, but that, but I couldn't sleep on it Monday night, but then come news Tuesday night, I thought, I'll, I'll see if I can get on my left side. Got on my left side, wasn't a lick of pain anymore, hadn't bothered me since. So God is a God of healing he, all the time. All right, anyone else real quick, and then we'll pray. Don't want to rush you, but I don't want, don't want to give you time to talk to Let's stand together. Let's take these knees to the Lord. And, and I'd invite some of the ladies to come and pray for Sister uh, Kathy. And let's just believe God tonight to touch hearts and lives. Father God, as we come before the throne of grace, we are grateful, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy to us. We are grateful, Lord, for, because you are a God for whom nothing is impossible. Lord, and just thank you, Father God, that you are the God of healing. You are the God of restoration. You are the God of salvation. Father God, if we just bring these needs before you tonight. Father, we have this prayer list of those that need touch and they need healing. Father, we've got families that have had to say goodbye to loved ones, Lord, over the last two or three weeks or four weeks or whatever, Father. And I just pray, Father, God, peace in their hearts and in their lives. Lord, I, play, I pray for a, a touch in their bodies and in their minds, Lord, for just that you just touch them and lift them up, Lord, and guide and direct them in these days that lie before us as we get used to that transition that has occurred in these hearts and in these lives. Uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, for the the young man, Lord, that uh, Chris and, and his wife was able to work with and then pray for, Lord, and get him to a place of making Jesus Savior and Lord of his life, even though in just a short time, Lord, he went to meet you. He did go to meet you, Father, and we thank you for that. Father, we thank you for touching Sister Kathy tonight, ministering in her heart and her life, Father God, and healing in your precious name. Father God, guide and direct direct us in all that we do and in everything may you receive the honor and the glory and the praise for you father do all things well and we thank you for it father in Jesus name and all of God's people said amen amen you may be seated tonight righty. let me grab my bible real quick you betcha
That's right. Amen. You always pray God's word. Pray God's word. If his word says it, he promised whatever he said would come to pass. He says in his word that his word will not return unto him void, but it will accomplish the thing he sent it to do. So when we speak, you know, understand, I, I would like, if I can, if there's any one thing I wish the church as a whole, not just us ourselves, I wish we would, but I wish church as a whole would understand, when you speak God's word, Satan doesn't like it, but the thing with that is, he does not have a choice but to obey what God has already said. Amen. All right, well, that, that little sermon didn't cost you anything extra, but... You know, but we've got to. We we pray the word. I pray the word over my wife every morning. I pray the word over her. What says about her that my wife is blessed of the Lord? She is favored of the Lord, and she blessed her going out, her coming in, her rising up, her lying down, her in the city and the. I go through the whole thing. I mean, there's a lot of it, but you know what? God's word is true. It's always true, and it will always work. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, I'd like for you to turn with us to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. And if you want to, stick your finger over in Matthew, uh, in 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. There's a couple of things I want to talk to you tonight about. And the title of my sermon tonight is Shining Lights. Shining Lights. Part of this, I'll be honest with you, is going to be a little tribute if you don't mind, to my mother, because I learned something over these past few weeks that has just kind of amazed me, and something that I, I don't think, my wife and I have talked about this, uh, that we're not sure she quite understood the number of lives that she touched. She was very, you know, her, and, and we'll get into that in just a minute, but this scripture came to mind, and I want to use it because it has something to say, I think, for all of us as God's people. And I want to say this first off and foremost. It is not important how well you think you represent God. Can I say that again? It is not important for you to think how well you think you represent God. Because most of us, I have a feeling, would say, well, I'm just not that important. I want to read this scripture, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit why I, I thought of this. In, Mark, in Matthew chapter 5, in verse 16, Jesus tells us this. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And it dawned on me as we were singing that chorus, when we were singing, How great is our God, let all the world see by what we say. By what we say. Sister Julie had no clue about what I was fixing to talk about tonight, but it fits so well. Because when we honor him with the way we live, when we honor him with the way that we do things, the way we conduct our business, the way we conduct our affairs, the way we treat our family and treat each other in the church, it is showing the world what it means to be a child of God. 
Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father God, that it is truth that is sharper than any two-edged sword, but it is also life. Your word declares that my you, Jesus, you said my words are spirit and they are life. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for your anointing that I will say the things that you want said. Lord, that it will not be me, but Lord, that this will be you. And help us, Lord, to learn from an example of those that we know before us, Lord, that we can look at and see and understand that serving you, Lord, is not some great act of, of service that everybody will all of a sudden see, but it's simply a day-to-day -day living for you and in your presence that shows the world what it means to be your children. And Lord, help us to be able to tell others about you and to show them by the lives that we live what it means to be a child of God. Father, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. When a few, I think it was toward the first of the year, maybe the uh, last of last year, my mother went to make and get her final arrangements made, how, what she wanted done to, when she passed from this life. And I went with her. You know, she wanted me to go. She's sitting there asking me, you know, how do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I give her my opinion. But she decided that what she wanted was that when she passed that uh, there would be a viewing like for a day. And the next day they're going to take her up to the cemetery in Oklahoma City and bury her. Her thinking was, and she said at the time, you know, most of my friends have already died. You know, and I just don't think it's, you know, right, you know, I don't think a lot of them will show up at, at drive all the way to Oklahoma City. And, you know, I'm sure she didn't think anybody from here would drive all the way to Oklahoma City, to, you know, to where that or, or in any kind of service. She, I honestly think she didn't feel like she maybe had made that big of an impression on anybody. When she passed, I posted it on Facebook because for me, that's the fastest way and, and she would have she would have pinched my head off. She, I, she honestly would. I, she told me more than once. One of this stuff's going on with me. She always tell me, you tell Faith not to post that on Facebook. I said, mother, she doesn't post that on Facebook. She's not that, you know. She, did, she was not a fan, okay, guys, you get that? And so what do I do when she gets, when she passes? I post her picture all over it, you know, because I knew that there were people that would probably want to know, people that she had come in. But what, the thing that surprised me was how many people had responded. Guy, you guys from the church, people that, that she'd gone to church with years ago, Different ones would say how much they appreciated, how much they enjoyed her, how much they loved being around her, what a wonderful person she was. I went by the other day to talk with the people that she'd bought her riding lawnmower off of because I kind of want an idea of what I was dealing with. And I told her, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. She was such a wonderful little lady. She was so beautiful. And, you know, just all of these things. And so, you don't, you, I stopped and around. She never really fully realized how many people she she had touched in her lifetime of nearly 90 years. Very positively, very, I've never, I didn't hear one negative thing about her. Now I could tell you some things, you know, that she'd aggravate me a lot, you know, she, you know, but she's my mother, you know. I think it's just one of those things, you know, kids and parents kind of get into it. Well, mom, now what do you want? But you know, the thing about it was she left a legacy 
that she didn't realize she left. And I thought about this. When Jesus writes, to the, and when Jesus spoke this to these people that he was talking, talking to when he when he's ministering to them this is his sermon on the mount this is his things but he makes a statement let your light so shine well that means if i am pastor of a big large church and they're running five and six hundred and, and in fact they have to have two services on sunday because there's so many coming and and all of these people know me and all of these people know my name then i'm doing no you're not I mean, he, they might be, don't misunderstand me. I'm not knocking that. But what I'm saying is sometimes we look at it ourselves with that same attitude of, I'm just, I'm just Dawn. I do. I'm, I'm just me. Lord, how many people do I really touch? But our life of consistent living before God is a shining light. Doesn't matter if you like Brother Clint and you work over at the refinery or if you like me, you work in a cemetery. One of the guys was talking, we were talking today and I don't know how it came up with somebody was talking about something and, and one of the guys said, well, I really wanted to tell him, uh, we're not just used to dealing with, with live people, we're just dealing with dead people. <laughs> I work in a cemetery, okay? You know, my residents, I'm, don't disrespect, they don't talk back. Yeah. But the thing about it is how those people live their lives. If I go through that cemetery, there will be epitaphs on some of them. There will be things that people remembered about those people that died. Some may be good. Now, I haven't seen any bad ones yet, so, you know. And sometimes you wonder, I, I honestly, I, you wonder, okay, were they really all that good? Or is that just, you know, what they put on there so they'd make mom or dad or whoever look good? There's a lot of them. Even on their tombstone, there will be a verse of scripture. A verse of scripture. It's not always the same verse. Some of them is the 23rd Psalm, some of them are others. But the whole thing about it is there will be scriptures. You've thought, I didn't thought about thought about this several times. If they come to the point in place and time where they say there's no more, you can't have the Bible. And there are countries around this world where that is true. You have a Bible, it's a death sentence if they catch you with it. But the thing about it is, what they're going to do when they go to the cemetery, they're going to wipe all them verses off them tombstones. Even in their death, even in their dying, if that's what that individual wanted inscribed on their tombstone was a verse of scripture, then the Bible is still speaking to everyone. Let your light. Brother Dave's light does not shine the same way mine does. We both work outside. He just works on, on keeping stuff looking pretty. Well, I do too, but we also you know, put people that have passed in their resting place. Be nice about it. But the thing about it is, we all do something different. Every one of us, those that may be watching this, either tonight or somewhere in the future, understand that your life is saying something to somebody. 
What, is it, what does it mean? What is he trying to get at? Jesus is trying to get us to understand that we need to live in a way that others see it. It's better seen than heard sometimes. I've heard this expression said, it doesn't matter how much you, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. The visitor that walks in our church doors doesn't care how much money you make or how much you've got in the bank. They don't care what kind of house you live in. They're not concerned about that. When they walk through those doors, church, what they're looking for is somebody that will genuinely and honestly show them they care. Look at the life that Jesus lived. What is his life about? His life is about caring for those who, they, who felt like nobody else really cared at all. You think about the lady brought in, caught in the act of adultery, which was wrong because they should have brought both of them. And they were looking, we've caught this woman and sister, she's a bad woman. What do you want to do with her? They were trying to trap Jesus. What did the Bible say? Jesus, the Bible says Jesus stooped down and wrote in the sand. I'm sure there are volumes written on what they think Jesus wrote. It doesn't matter what he wrote. Why? Because the Bible doesn't record what he wrote. I heard a preacher say one time, if the Bible's silent on a subject, so should we be. What did it do? It says he looked up at them and said, he who is without sin among you, you throw the first stone. And the Bible declares that one by one from the eldest unto the youngest, they turn around and walked off. And Jesus looks at her without condemnation, without any kind of recrimination whatsoever, and I believe he very gently said, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, they're gone. What did he say? Neither do I condemn you, but notice the next part of that, go and sin no more. And I think he said it with all the love and care and concern that could come from the very God of heaven. What does God want us to do? Let your light shine. Is it important? Well, sure it's important. Faith and I had talked about the fact that we felt like we'd had a service. If she'd have wanted a service, we might have packed the church out. <laughs> we don't know. We're not, we're not ever going to know now. But the thing about it was to have that much of a response about one person's life who would have thought they were so insignificant. We're not looking for fame. We're not looking for fortune. It doesn't matter if anybody ever knows who I am. But if I can touch lives with the life and the love and the power of Jesus, then I've done something. If I've been kind... If I've been considerate, if I've tried to say something that will sometimes challenge and sometimes motivate people to think about where they're going, to think about the kind of walk they're walking, 
Does it have to be grand? No, it doesn't. I used to work for a office supply outfit and I helped deliver furniture and stuff, office furniture. And this guy and I, this is many years ago, but we were delivering, I think it was a desk somewhere. And I don't know how we got started on it, but the man said, you know, he said, I, I just don't believe there's a hell. A hell. I'm going, really? And I looked at him and I said, you know, I would a whole lot rather believe there was a hell, die and find out there wasn't one, than believe there was, was not a hell, die and find out there was. And he stopped and he said, I never thought of it that way. Simple. God preach him saying, you sorry thing? Why don't you wake up and realize God says there is one? Why don't you, you know? No, it's the whole point. Sometimes it's getting people to think about what they've said. Yeah. Another occasion I had a boss, a young man. He, I guess, I can't remember. I think I was a little older than he was. Maybe, maybe not. He was living with a girl. He knew I went to church. He drove by the church I went to every Sunday morning going into town, the little town called McLeod, Oklahoma. Pentecost Homeless Church is on the very west edge of town. You come down 29th Street. Well, it wound up being 29th Street when you got over to Oakdale City. But you come down 29th Street, and there's a little hill, and it turned, curved, and it made a little tiny S-curve, and we were right on the north side of that S-curve. Somebody made a statement to him one time about we were going to work, they were going to work on a Saturday. And he looked at me and said, you don't have to worry about going. You go do what you normally do on Sunday. And one had the kid working. Well, why does he not have to go? He said, because I know he'll be in church in the morning. I know Sunday morning when I drive by that church, I can look at his car sitting there every Sunday morning. I didn't say a word to him. My car said it. Okay. Doesn't see what, but he said to me, he said, what do you think about me? We live in with this girl. And I'll be honest, I, I, I messed up. The first answer I gave was, well, that's up to you. You can do what you want to do. And God said, that's not what I want you to tell him. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, Lord, if you give me another opportunity, I'll tell him. Wasn't but a week later, he asked me the same question again. Then I told him what God told me to tell him. I said, if you knew Jesus was coming to spend the weekend at your house, what would you do with her? You see, church, it doesn't have to be grand and just all of this big explosive stuff. It's just simply meeting people where they're at. It's letting the Holy Spirit guide you and direct you in your responses. Did I preach him a sermon? No. He just needed to stop and think about something. Did he, did he, I don't know whether he ever changed or not, people. I can't tell you that. But I do know that I told him what God said say. I, uh, y'all pardon me while I get my phone back on again. I wrote something down that I think is important for us to remember. And I'll hope you get it in your, in your, in your spirit. And I'll say this, and then I'll go to our next scripture. How you live your life 
will have an impact on those people who live around you and those you have regular contact with. Now, church, that fits whether we serve God or not. Let me reread it to you again. I, I, I wrote this down when I thought about this because I thought about a lady that I've known all of my life. My mother. She wasn't trying to be outstanding. She wasn't trying to be something great. She didn't really care if anybody knew her name or not. But yet she had a very real impact on the hearts and lives of a lot of people. How you live your life will have an impact on those people who live around you and those you have regular contact with. Why? Because they're going to see you in the good times and the bad times. They're going to see you at your best and they're going to see you at your worst. My mother left me with a very precious gift that you can't, it's not tangible. You can't hold it in your hand. Saturday before she passed on Monday the 1st of August. She was fiddling with the catheter tube, drain tube. She was giving my wife fits. I mean, she wouldn't leave it alone. My wife calls me Saturday morning. It's early, about 7 o'clock or so. Well, that may not be early for everybody. But she said, you got to come talk to your mother. Okay, I'm coming. I went over there. And in my usual honoring fashion, I said, looked at my mother and said, Are you being a stinker? I kid you not, she looked at me, grinned and went, <laughs> and I said, okay, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to make me a promise. Will you leave that tube alone? Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's what she did. Crossed her fingers and shook her head. Yes. Mother, this is not going to work. Cross your heart. Because I knew the thing, or I thought she was thinking was, I thought, here's what I'll get her. Cross your heart. She crossed her heart. <laughs> but I will have that memory for the rest of my life. Uh, two days. Three tops. From going home to be with the Lord. I will never forget that. It's, it's hilarious. It's comical. But it's my mother. Honorary to the end. So I come by it honestly, so don't give me a hard time about it. I enjoy living. I enjoy being a child of God. I enjoy knowing that God is my Father, that Jesus is my Savior, that the Holy Spirit is my Comforter and my Guide, and I walk day by day by day trying my best to please the God I serve. The best thing I will ever hear God say to me is, well done. You did good. You lived your life like I wanted you to live it. Can I put something in here? It doesn't matter how other people think you ought to live your life. You better worry about what God thinks about how you ought to live your life. That's what's important. Second Corinthians. Chapter 5, 
I find it kind of interesting that both of these are chapter fives, but anyway. And I, won't, I, I, I had three of them, but I'm going to do four of them because it helps to set the stage. We hear this verse a lot quoted, but I want to tell you what Paul followed it up with. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse, starting at verse 17. We all know this one. When I get started, you all can quote it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. King James Version says, now if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I got a new way of living. I've got a new way of, of looking at life. I've got a new way of, and, and I'm learning it more and more every day, learning how to do it better. But listen what he says then, and that is, that's important that we realize that he says, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. The new has come. Why is that important? Because, verse 18, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, my, my commentator says that he was just talking about himself and other ministers, but I believe he was talking to the church From who you would consider to be the most important in the church to down to the one you'd think them could consider the one to be the least important in the church. All of us have been given this ministry of reconciliation. Sister Linda's deal uh, testimony about the young man. Working with a Christian couple day in and day out, watching their lives, they were letting their light shine. I don't know how much preaching they did to them. It doesn't matter. They may have not said a word to them about it, but they just kept living their life. They kept living that life. They kept living that life day in and day out, day in and day out. We went and watched Chris do his work. I don't know how that man stands it in the summertime. This summer would have been a killer, Brother Hubert. It's like, because it's already, I mean, it was hot outside. By the time he gets through heating up all that molten glass, that stuff is hot. You go in there and it's like, oh my goodness, where is the air conditioner? <laughs> oh, did he? Too much, I can understand. It would be hot. But you pull that hot molten glass out and then he sits there and works that glass. And it, it was just, I still remember that, brother. Here, it was just so interesting to watch him work with that. But in, as he worked with it, he talked to how you take and God takes us and changes us and molds us and does something with this. And then he turns this little deal. And he blows a little air here and he, you know, all different kinds of tools that Chris would use to, to make that glass come out to look like he wanted it to. The stuff he could put it to make it turn color. Why do you think God made us so different? Why don't we all look alike? You know how boring that would be? I could go any of a number of ways with that, but I won't. There's some people that you couldn't get them to move if you had a stick of dynamite under them. Yeah. 
And there's some people that'll move a drop of hat. And if you're not watching, they'll drop the hat. We're different. Where God made each one of us different. For a reason. Why? Because there are people that you are, have in your circle of friends, in your family, that I may not ever see or be able to talk to. You've heard this said a lot of times, but it bears repeating. You are yourself. God made you the way he did because there are people that you can relate to that I can't. Clint can relate to the guys that work out the refinery. I go out there and I don't have a clue what they're doing except all I want to do is look at the railroad cars they're loading. You know? How do I know they load them? Because I got on Google and looked and they've got railroad cars, tank cars sitting out there. Oh, that'd be fun to watch. That's me. My best friend is a funeral director. He's a pastor, but he's also a funeral director up in the little town of Conewa. He loves to show Dutch rabbits. I'm like, why? But that's what he enjoys. We're different. But he's my best friend. We're as different as daylight and dark. But he's my best friend. God made us different for a reason. God made us. But what did he do? He made all of us and gave all of this, this ministry of reconciliation. What is he talking about? What's Paul talking about? Go back to the fact that we are in Christ, a new creation. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, that is... In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Why is that important? Because God wants you to know he wants you as part of his family. Everything that God has done from creation through the coming of Jesus to his life to his death Burial and resurrection was done for what reason? That God could reconcile the world to himself. That's the reason why we're here. Why did he make this earth? God did not need the earth. He already had a home. He already had an abode. He didn't need all of this. They tell me, and I've read... That the earth is in the exact position in the solar system that we circle around this sun. We're in the right position. Any little further closer, we'd burn up. A little bit further out, we'd freeze to death. Oh, God doesn't care about me. Excuse me? God took the time to plan where every planet went. He took the time to plan where the sun went. He took the time to plan where the moon went. He took the time to make an earth for mankind to be able to exist on day in and day out. Does it get too hot? Yes. I keep saying, Lord, those people that messed up, will you please get them to wake up so we can get back into some decent weather and not burn up down here? It's getting too hot. Thank you, Lord, for today. I don't mean to make anybody jealous, but it rained off and on all day at Ada today. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> we may have to start going mowing again, but that's okay. It was nice. You know, there you could actually go outside and get something done. 
Well, we really couldn't because it was raining. But, you know, since we work outside, it made it hard. But the thing about it was, God made this earth for who? He made it for mankind. He didn't make it for himself. He didn't need it. He did not make the stars and the planets and the billions of galaxies that extend millions of miles, I'm guessing probably more than that, billions of miles from the very center. He didn't need to do that. He just did. Give us something pretty to look at at night. All of that he did. Why? Because God wants to reconcile the world to himself. We have that ministry of reconciliation, church. Now, what does he say? Continuing on in verse 19, he said, That is God, Christ, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Well, Sister Carol, you done me wrong. I'm not, you just not going to heaven. No, he didn't. You messed up back on March the 4th, uh, uh, 1965. You're probably alive then, I hope. Um, we're not going there. Right, trust me. How many times have you seen people that keep track of stuff like that? Well, bless your heart. They said they didn't shake my hand back there 25 years ago. What makes you think I'm going to go to church? Uh, what kind of chip are you carrying on your shoulder to start with? What kind of excuse are you looking for? And I'm not talking to us, I don't think. Hopefully, I'm not going to invest in Hopefully not, we're not looking for excuses to not serve God because the devil will give you an excuse not to serve God. I'm looking for a reason to serve this God who created this universe that we live in. I'm looking for a reason to find and get a relationship with a God who wants me reconciled to him who wants to be my father, who wants to be the one that takes care of me, who wants to be the one that guides me and directs me, who supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, who guides me and directs me in the ways that I ought to go, who allows me to live and to be a blessing to others. I'm not looking for an excuse not to serve him. I'm looking for an excuse to serve him. The one thing I can tell you for sure Going back to my mother, this is kind of a tribute to her as well, I guess. But the one thing I can tell you for sure, she missed when she couldn't go to church. Oh boy, that was that was the thing that I know she she wanted to be in church. I need to be in church where I can hear some good preaching. I need to be in church. Why? Because that was what she lived for. Jesus was her existence. She was raised in church. I was drugged to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and the time the church doors open. And I'm glad it was. I'm a child of God because I had a praying mother and a praying grandmother. And no telling how many aunts and uncles and whatever. But I'm, they, I'm I, where I'm at today because of people like that that cared about me. That taught me, you be nice to others. You think about others before you think about yourself. You think and consider what they're going through. That's the kind of training I was brought up with. I will, and I'm not bragging. I don't, I don't want to say this in a bragging way. But if I see a need, I will do my best to try to meet that need if I possibly can at all. Without you knowing about it. 
It's not, Jesus said, well, if you're doing your alms, you don't let the right hand know what the left hand's doing. I'm not doing it for me, but look to God who allows me to do that. He didn't, he didn't count our trespasses against us or the, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. What does the world need to know? God wants you in the family. It does not matter what you have done, even if you have been the worst, lowest snake in the planet. I, me and snakes are not friends, trust me. I'm, my opinion, and if you disagree, you, you're, you have that right. For me, the only good snake is a dead one. I know they're good. I know they have their purpose, but... I just do not like them. They made up my nightmares as a kid. It was never good. But it doesn't matter. Can I tell you, if you're listening to this tonight or sometime in the future, it does not matter what you've done. Jesus would have forgiven Judas if he would have only asked I am absolutely convinced of that. Jesus did not want him to go out and hang himself. Peter was just as bad. Well, Judas got 30 pieces of silver for it. Peter stood there where we could hear him and denied him three times. One wasn't any worse than the other one. But what does the Bible say? Peter went out and wept bitterly. What does the Bible tell us? When Jesus rose from the dead, he had to tell his disciples, you go tell, he told the ladies. Ladies, don't consider yourself that unimportant. It was the ladies that carried the first message of his resurrection. Go tell the disciples and Peter that I go before them into Galilee to meet them like I told them I would. What? Peter was just as bad and just as, he was just as guilty as, as Judas was. Jesus would have forgiven both. God wants you. If I can get anything across, not just to you guys here, but to people that will hear this, God wants you in his family. And he will help you get, he says, come like you are and I will change you. I will transform you by the renewing of your mind. I will cause you to be that new creation. Look at the people he took. Look at the guys he took, a tax collector and in our day, an IRS agent. Mm. Still look down upon, aren't they? It doesn't matter. What kind of people were these people? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Crooked as a barrel of snakes. But when Jesus got through with him, he changed him. He changed his life. He changed everything going on in his life. He, because Zacchaeus wanted to see him. He heard the message of reconciliation. The world you and I live in, your world. The people in your world need to hear the message of reconciliation. God entrusted that to you. God entrusted that to me. Verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. What does an ambassador? He represents the country that pays him or appointed him to that position. We're ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. 
We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Would you bow your heads for a moment? Father God, thank you for your word. Father, thank you for men and women that have set the example before us, just living simple lives trying to serve you. Nothing that the world would necessarily take notice of, but they lived. They set an example. Hopefully, Father, and help us to also be aid those ones that set an example of what it means to be a child of God. Father, I pray tonight that whoever sees this or watches this or, or hears this even tonight, if they do not know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their life, help them, Lord, to understand that this whole thing of us living as Christians, trying to show them the life and the love and the power that's in you, that it's for them to know that, God, you want them as part of your family. God, that you're wanting them to, to understand your love and your care and your concern that you want to pour out in their lives. Does not, you're not concerned about how they live. You're not concerned about what they have done in the past. Father, the most violent criminal sitting in a prison somewhere today, you still care about them enough to want to save them and to want to redeem them and bring them into your family. Father, help people to understand that. Holy Spirit, I ask you to take this message and apply it to hearts and lives of those that hear it. Not just tonight, but Lord, throughout time, as time goes on, somebody comes and, and, and they happen to come across this, uh, our website or, or, or a, a, a video of this, this sermon, this service tonight, that they will know that you want them to be part of your family. Father, I pray tonight you will help us to serve you. With every head bowed and every eye closed tonight, this ministry of reconciliation says come to God. Come to Jesus. Make him save you, Lord. How do I do that? You simply say, Jesus, I, it, it can be simple as, Jesus, I just need you to come into my life. It can be that simple. But you have to pray it and you have to mean it. There's one here tonight, and I hope and pray that, that we are all ready to meet the Lord, but I, I like what Pastor Gary told us. Give them an opportunity. Give them an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, tonight you can know him as Savior and Lord of your life. You can find that reconciliation. You can be reconciled to God and know that he loves you and he cares for you. Is there one here tonight in this building that would say, I need to know Jesus, that you'd raise your hand? If you're watching this either tonight or later in, in the future from now and you come across this message, Jesus gave his life for you. Jesus gave his life because he wanted you to be a part of God's family. God sent him. He came to do the will of the Father. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I made a big mess of my life. But I believe that because you came, because you lived and died and rose again, I can have a new life. I can be that new creation that Paul talks about in that 17th verse. 
Just make him say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and mean it from the very bottom of your heart. And he will. And when you do that, let somebody know. Call us here at the church or let us know at the church. or, or find, And find you a Bible-believing church that will help you to grow and develop. Because you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. It will help you transform and change from the things that you used to do that are not right. And help you to do the things that are right. God wants you to do that. Father God, I pray for this people tonight. And I ask, Lord, in a moment, ask these that want you to come and spend some time in prayer. Father God, help us, Lord, just to not make living for you so complicated we can't do it, but just live our lives simply each and every day, the best that we know how to honor you with the lives that we live, Father. In Jesus' name. Those of you that would want to come and spend some time in prayer, I encourage you to do so. And let's get with God and talk to him and let him talk to us. Everyone that will come. I told them, hey, Mom, I spent eight years on this degree.